1: And now it's the Rob Black podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910am and talk910.com. And now Rob Black and your money. Call Rob 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910am,
2: more stimulating talk. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 800- Three, four five five, six, three, nine. It's the Rob black and your money show heard here on nine ten a m More stimulating talk. show dedicated to money and all things financial. so it it really it goes everywhere. We talk about the financials of the oil spills, we talk about the financials of our state budgets and our school districts and our pension unions and situations along those lines. We talk about art theft and and um movies and and how to invest in the product that you see each and every day. We will talk about it all. Internet gambling, we got internet gambling today. We got some tech talk, lots going on in the world. And and again, the old song, money makes the world go around. There's no doubt about it. So unlike other talk show hosts, I'm pretty smart at what I do. I refer to a lot of people as an inch deep and a mile wide uh, in the world of money. There's a lot of press releases in the world of money. Having worked Wall Street, having managed millions and millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars, um, I'm going to give you, you know, a pretty hardcore bullet shot look into the world of money and how to get your butt to retirement. That's the goal of this show. It's the goal of this show. And, you know, ultimately, like 52% of people right now who are heading towards retirement are behind in their savings goals. 52% of people. 25% are significantly behind. 46% are still, you know, working, you know, heading towards retirement for the last five years. And they're going to delay their planned retirement age. It's tragic. It's kind of sad. Anyway, uh, S&P 500 getting shellacked today. Market's getting shellacked today. Uh, Typically, I do a little opening bell, but here's your opening bell. Dow down 352. Whoa. That's not a good day. This is one of those days where we're getting battered and fried. NASDAQ down 92, S&P 500 down 40, 10-year treasury at 3.2%. Wow. Gold sitting at 1191. Now, stocks are tumbling today. The euro drops, the jobless claims rise. Back at the beginning of the year, 2010, I said, first half of the year is going to be pretty easy. And ultimately, I was correct. Up until about May, it was pretty easy. So first four and a half, four months Pretty easy. Then it started getting a little bit trickier. Because I said back then, what we're going to start worrying about is jobs. Right now, the earnings expectations are so stinking low. So stinking low. The earnings expectations are so stinking low that we were able to beat them and thump them easily once, twice. Now, here's the problem. Year-over-year comparisons are going to start getting a little bit more difficult now. Because President Obama said, America... Let's spend a trillion dollars. Let's let's tickle this economy. Let's stimulate this economy. So we're going from recessionary numbers to eh, growth numbers. And now our comparisons are going to be on growth numbers. No one really saw Greece falling apart. It was about time that something went bad in the European Union. For instance, something went bad in Asia 10 years ago. I'd expect something to go bad in Asia again. Um, something went bad in the United States in the 1990 with our savings and thrifts and loans crisis, and it took a good 15 years for the, you know, the credit crisis to go bad again. So it was about time something went bad in Europe, and it did, and, and that's kind of painting the picture of the negative market ultimately today. So the jobless numbers came out this morning, and that's a big one, an unexpected increase in first-time jobless claims last week. Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes says it's the first such rise since early April. Initial
1: claims rising by 25,000 last week when most economists had expected them to drop by about 4,000. The Labor Department also revised the previous week's first-time claims slightly upward. Meanwhile, continuing claims fell, but not by as much as analysts expected.
2: These are bad numbers. We thought the job market was, was going in the right direction at a glacier pace. Now, with data, it tends to ebb and flow. You've got to keep that in mind. Sometimes it could have been a rainy week where people were like, I'm not going to go get my unemployment claims because it's raining outside. Or maybe there's an Easter holiday or something sometimes comes up. Most analysts say the continued high level of initial jobless claims suggests the nation's unemployment rate, which edged up to 9.9% last month, could remain high for a while. Now, this is important because people who have jobs pay their mortgages. People who have jobs go on vacation to San Francisco, and while they're on vacation in San Francisco, they, they pay for their hotel room. The city of San Francisco gets a, a windfall of tax from that money. They spend that money on social services. When people come here on vacation, they, they go out to dinner. And the waitress makes some money and the owner makes some money and they spend that money. And they go out and spend. So this is bad news. Unemployment is a problem. And it's kind of, it's, I, kind of I want to say it's, there's a Goldilocks number. 4% unemployment is awful. It's awful because it creates too much inflation. Too many people have jobs, and they can basically say, F you, employer, I'm going elsewhere. But 9.9% unemployment's not good either. It's, it goes from too hot at 4% to too cold probably at seven and a half, eight percent 8%. So the, the good rate of unemployment would be 5, 6, 6.5. That would be fantastic. We're not there. And ultimately, corporate America is not going to hire people if they don't think demand is going to be there. So they're lean and mean, and they're making their billions of dollars. So checkmark good on that. Checkmark bad on jobs, because we're going to need jobs to replace that trillion-dollar spending. Otherwise, we're going to have to spend another trillion dollars and, and tell our kids and our grandkids, go make 20 babies, because that's what it's going to take to afford this package. And or good luck. Cover your own butt. Elsewhere in the world today, Germany is cracking down on some stock market speculation. It's urging other nations to follow suit. In a conference, it's hosting on market supervision from London – Fox News Radio's Alistair Winkelin reports. It's a two day conference in Berlin to examine possible coordinated regulation of trading that some blame in part for stock market volatility. Germany this week banned so called naked short selling and urges similar measures from other European nations, including perhaps a higher trading tax. Critics say higher costs mean lower gains, and that'll just make traders move elsewhere. They also say Germany is wrong to cite a weakened euro currency as reason for regulation. But others say regulation may not be so. Terrible world markets, banking, and corporate finance are now more tightly regulated than, say, in the early 20th century. And even now the sector could come to live with new rules. In London, Alistair and Fox News Radio. The more you regulate, the more profits you take out of a situation. And ultimately, the less capitalist the situation is. So, if Germany starts regulating their banks more and more to potentially protect against downfall they're also potentially limiting an upside or a windfall. I get it. I get it. A lot of people don't like the volatility. It kills careers. Absolutely. Sometimes it causes upheaval. There was an economist named Joseph Schumpeter who called capitalism creative destruction. Some people don't like that. They only hear the word destruction. They don't hear the word creative. There's no right answers. It's just, I mean, the more socialist we become, the less profits there will be. And the less profits there will be, the less opportunity there will be. Uh, With that said, Germany's kind of putting their head, they're they're turtling up, as I like to say, turtling up. And next up, there might be a Hollywood ending to the oil spill in the Gulf. This story kind of made me chuckle this morning. So with a down market, let's get a chuckle in. Fox News Radio, Sabrina Sabah explains.
3: He starred in Waterworld, and now Kevin Costner is putting some of his ocean experience to good use when it comes to cleaning up the massive oil spill in the Gulf. The actor paid scientists to invent a machine that separates oil from seawater. The Army Corps of Engineers has given the technology a thumbs-up, and now British Petroleum is going to test out six of Costner's filters. The actor started funding the project after the 1989 Exxon Valdez spill in Alaska. Sabrina Sabah, Fox News Radio.
2: Who would have known... Who would have thought Kevin Costner was even alive today? That, that could have been like um, alive or death. We could, have, we could have played a game. Who would have known that Costner's come up with this oil-separating seawater technology? And I'm telling you, the Gulf of Mexico is a mess. Big winner, California tourism. Big winner, Disneyland, Disney World, i.e. places that aren't water-based. Miami hosed. Tampa hosed. I'm hoping the the Mexican side of of the Gulf doesn't get hosed, because that's my favorite side of uh, the Gulf, so I'd love that. But anyway, I'm totally digressing, and I shouldn't be. So we got lots to talk about today. Kevin Costner, a little bit of a bright spot, yes, in a day that is just downright nasty. I'm telling you, turtle up, people. Don't even look at the news today, because it's going to spook you. It's not a Black Friday, no, 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 no. But when you see the markets drop. 2 3% in a day, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. But then again, are you in retirement? It's an awful day. Are you living off your stocks? It's an awful day. If you're young and beautiful and knocking boots and going on vacation and loving your spouse and making babies and, and keeping your job and keeping your head above water, just another day. Nothing bad going on here. Dow down 311, NASDAQ down 86, S&P 500 down 36. Call with your thoughts on this. Are we going to heck in a handbasket? Are you upset? Are you watching the Giants? Are you watching the Sharkies? Are you kind of getting a diversion in life right now when the market gets kind of goes through that that transition phase? 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 outside the Bay Area market. 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. It's Rob Black and your Money Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk.
1: money grew on trees he'd be the fertilizer he's rob black on 9:10 a.m more stimulating talk
2: it's not the most nice bumper rejoiner if money grew on trees i'd be the fertilizer uh-huh. man i'll tell you what assistant program directors think they've got the funniest sense of humor on the planet not so much not so much so the market's getting murder today. The S&P 500 under its 200-day moving average. And basically, it says things are going negative. People are not really confident right now. The Dow's is flirting with a 200-day uh, moving average as well. So it's getting pretty pressured. Now, credit card companies are winners today. Visa and Capital One and MasterCard and Discover and American Express. Education stocks are doing good. Companies like Apollo and DeVry, uh, Corinthian Colleges, ESI, those stocks are moving higher because the jobless numbers were awful, and when jobless numbers are awful, how do you go get a job? Well you don't stick your finger in your butt. To get a job you go and get some education. You get educated. You you learn a skill. So these secondary schools are a play on a weaker job market. And uh that's what we got for you. Gold's doing okay today too as a safe haven. So stocks basically plunged and you know, names like Caterpillar, they're lower. General Electric dropped 5%. 900,000 of its branded coffee makers were recalled. Conoco, Phillips and ExxonMobil, they retreated with oil prices. decline in stocks have deepened. Um, ultimately, it's a pretty negative day, and it's a kind of day where you just sort of turtle up and get through it. Now, 52% of respondents are behind in their savings goals for a retirement readiness index. MetLife, a big insurance company, will send out a press release to people like me. Because they want me to scare you to get your stuff together and work with them. 25% of respondents are significantly behind for retirement. Do you know Social Security is going to give you about maybe $2,000? Yesterday I talked with a gentleman who, he's disabled at age 50, and he gets about $1,600 from Social Security Disability. So there's Social Security for retirees, and there's Social Security for disabled. There's Social Security for, for poor people. We have a safety net in America, but it's only meant to give you the very, very basics. It's not meant for you to live in a condo. No, no, no. It's not meant for you to live in a high-rise condo, maybe a condo. It's not good. 46% of those who are are polled as heading towards retirement readiness, they're saying that they're going to have to delay their retirement age. They thought they're going to retire at 60, now at 65. They thought they're going to retire at 65, now at 70. Only a third of the respondents, 35% of pre-retirees, feel prepared. That's not a lot, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the show is all about. Now, of the people who say they would like to do some type of work when they retire, only 10% have focused on employment prospects. I want to work till the day I die. I really, really do. I love what I do. Financial risks surrounding retirement have increased dramatically because of longer life expectancies. We're living longer. Low interest rates for retirees. A lot of them have a quote-unquote nest egg. And they try to put it in CDs or in money markets or banks and it's not good enough. It, it chomps away at inflation. So if you're getting 1% inflation, it's 2, 3, 4, 5%. You're getting killed. Now keep in mind, we saw consumer prices yesterday showed no inflation. So you're saying black, there's no inflation. But the reality is, is that healthcare costs have inflated. Some of the things that seniors need have inflated in costs. So you gotta plan as if, you're going to take care of yourself. Social Security is not enough. Pensions are getting cut. Saving rates are incredibly low. They've been incredibly low in, in Japan now for almost 20 years. So you may think that we're right around the corner from, you know, the six, seven, eight percent interest rates. I don't think we are. I think we're still very, very problematic. Now, one way that we're going to fix things is tax. Tax, tax, tax. Maybe cut spending. But there's something that happened four years ago when life was good. Internet gambling. Four years ago, the United States government outlawed online gambling. And there were some companies out there like Party Gaming, who takes bets, who does you know poker and stuff like that. Publicly traded company in London. There was a company called 888. They got murdered. Because the U.S. market is a vast and lucrative market for gambling. Now, lawmakers banned Internet gambling in 2006 when things were good. They created the share prices of these companies. Customers went to offshore hubs in the United States. We, we we still gamble. We just kind of got kind of inconvenienced by it. So there's optimism now that that ban may be reversed. You know, the the reason that basically the same idea that brought prohibition to an end was the Great Depression. And that ban's not, you know, working mixed with uh, the lure of tax revenues from a, a industry of legislators that want more money. So the Great Depression, when we got just murdered as a country, when we lost jobs and people were losing fortunes in their homes, back in the 20s, our government's like, you know, we, you're not allowed to drink alcohol in the United States. They banned alcohol. They they, they busted it. And then bad times came, and they're like, bring it on. Drink as much as you want, because we're going to tax it. Good God, right? So industry executives now are starting to think that, Slowly but surely, you're going to see Internet gambling come back to the United States. It'll probably be done through partnerships with established casinos. Big bucks are at stake. So $6 billion plus, for instance. A congressional study calculated the government could raise over $42 billion over the next 10 years if they let Americans gamble online and they tax their winnings. And that would create an onshore Internet gambling industry, could you know, create easily 32,000 jobs in America easily. So I don't know. Is that do you, do you see the dilemma here? We know that the House wins in gambling. We know the House wins in gambling. But our government can make $42 billion over the next 10 years. Should we open up online gambling? I love online gambling. I love Not online gambling. I love parlays. Like for instance, college football to me is boring unless you have like a pick three. You know, you pick three teams to win that day and Early in the season, your odds are better than later in the season. Later in the season, the the, the casinos have figured it out pretty much so down to a science. So if you're ever going to bet on college football, do it early in the season. But I'd love to see this reversed. Again, I've got some discretionary money. Some people don't. So I do believe this is a case where prohibition works, and I do believe this is a case where our government is going to reverse it. We're talking about a decision by adults, what they do with their money. I think you're sending a multi-billion-dollar industry offshore right now, the United States government is, and you're also sending it underground uh, to local bookies. As a result, we're basically making tax criminals of Americans who can't declare their online winnings to the IRS. So you ever gamble and you won? You're not reporting to the IRS. You're a criminal. So ultimately when the act was signed into law, we stopped taking wages from U.S. and effectively gave up 75% of our business in one go. So the foreign companies they want America bad because we gamble. Antigua, Chile, not so much. But the United States, we we've got the sports, we've got the NHL, the NFL, the NBA. We gamble. So now again, there's gonna be winners and losers if this happens. To be sure, a ban is not gonna slip away quietly. There's gonna be a you know a country of ours that we got that Puritan roots. Our roots are showing. It's kind of like uh, being a 50-year-old woman where you dye your hair blonde and your black roots start showing. Our our Puritan roots still show. The major offshore businesses that still do business with American customers are are privately held full-tilt poker. So they're facing a legal onslaught. Conservative politicians are demanding enforcement of the law. Alabama Senator Spencer Bacchus, he he fulminated recently in the news that Internet poker is the crap cocaine of gambling, and young people are particularly vulnerable. We don't want to put a casino in every dorm room in the country. Compulsive gambling, by many accounts, is a very serious growing problem. I don't know if there's a right answer here. I'm not a college kid in a dorm with credit card. I personally think college kids shouldn't have credit cards. I don't think they're ready for them. I think if they do, there should be securitized credit cards. But then again, now, there, I'm starting to sound like a Nazi. Good use of the word Nazi, Rob. Where I'm telling you what a college kid could or shouldn't be able to use, they're eighteen years old, they can go to war and die for us, and I'm like, man, they do not should really have a credit card. So suddenly I'm I'm showing my puritanical roots or my financial puritanical roots. Anyway, where do you fall on this? I'd love to hear. Do you think we should open up gambling online? Do you think it should be done through casinos like Hannah's or Harris? Hannah's What what am I drinking today? Do you think it should be done through Harris and, and other institutions like that? Or do you think in, you and I should be able to start our own online gambling company? So it, it's, it opens up a big question. And again, to the United States government of America, you're talking about billions of dollars, $42 billion over the next 10 years. I don't know. Again, yesterday we talked about how you can tax sin. You can tax alcohol. You can tax sugary sodas. You can tax cigarettes. People don't care because people say, I don't smoke. I don't drink. Tax them. Tax the mother the mother effers. You know, they're, they're killing their, and they're hurting society because they're increasing medical costs. 800 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Charles in San Rafael. Hey, Charles.
1: Hey, Rob. I've got uh, most of my equity holdings in a Vanguard fund, VDAIX. Uh, and it's a dividend uh, high, uh, relatively high dividend-producing uh, uh, fund. And it's taken quite a hit this last week. And I'm wondering if you see this uh, correction having negative legs or any hope for it to turn around within the next oh, what's, what's, six months.
2: Is the ticker VDAIX?
1: Uh, no, it's uh, Victor David Atomida X-Ray.
2: That's what I had. So um, it's gone from 20 to 19, Right. Okay, so you're saying a 5% hit pretty hard on you.
1: Uh, it's not a comfortable one.
2: Okay, how old are you? I'm 63. Okay, so you don't like 5% corrections. The market's in a 5% correction this week, so it's acting like the market. You know that, right? Yeah, it's paralleling it. Yep, yep. Um, It's a low-cost fund. The dividend's not that high, 1.75%. kind of refer to it as a high-dividend fund. Do you really think that?
1: Uh, no, no, certainly not. Okay. It's, uh, more so than Treasuries.
2: Yeah, I, I think what you have is a large-cap fund, and it's getting hit with the market. You know, McDonald's, Exxon, Coca-Cola, IBM, Chevron, Walmart, Johnson Johnson, Procter & Gamble, Pepsi, and, and Wells Fargo are the top holdings, of which, you know, uh, most of those have been up for the year. Out of those top ten holdings, eight have been up for the year. Two have been slightly down, Coca-Cola and um, IBM, but... It seems to be doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. It's getting you kind of S&P 500-type performance. Um, can you take – I personally wouldn't have – what percentage do you have in this fund?
1: Uh, I'd say about 25% of my worth.
2: Okay, that's a lot in a large-cap fund. Uh, what do you want me to say to you? I, I think we're in a correction. I think we've got another 5 to 10% down to go, minimum. Um, I think it would be normal and healthy after having such an amazing run in 2009 and early into 2010. So the the stocks that are in this type of fund have been huge winners in the last year. So it to me, it's doing kind of what it's supposed to be doing.
1: I hear that. I just uh, I guess what I'm I guess what I'm asking is whether or not a retrenchment to some some other some other place in the market would be appropriate for for me at this point.
2: If you were to look that way, and again, you're a little bit late already, so yeah. if you were to look that way, you'd probably be looking at more value funds or more small cap funds or shorter term treasuries. Um, taking a look, one year up, two years down, uh, two years up, one year down. So it's a, a relatively new fund. Let me pull up one more last thing on this. Give me just a second. And to get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800 800- Three, four, five, five, six, 3, nine. Yeah, since 2009, it's gone from 13 to 20. And to give you a perspective, let's just say that's seven miles. It's been a sprint. 13 to 20. That type of move is huge. You're talking about um, 70, 80 percent, right? So for it to go back down five to 10 percent, I think it's pretty normal, Charles. Thanks for the call. 800. 800- Thank you. Three, four, five, five, six, 3, nine. I think the fund is fine. I think it's large cap names. I do think there's some sort of risk right now as we transition from recovery in the United States to weaker euro. That's hurting a little bit. China's starting to restrict their growth. That's hurting a little bit. And these jobless numbers aren't good. So we need to find the next catalyst, and I don't see it right now. You know, earnings are fine in the United States. These companies aren't going to go out of business. That's probably the next catalyst. You're listening to Rob Black and your money coming up. Business of Sports and Kim Commando. Oh, yeah.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk.
2: Love me my Thursdays. Because on Thursdays I get Kim Commando. How are you, Miss Commando? I'm great, Rob. How are you? I'm well. I got some confusing email from... Oh, I know who's on, on, on Honeymoon. It's Kristen who's on Honeymoon. Yes. Huh?
4: She went off and got married on us.
2: Oh, damn her. So next I know.
4: Thing, she is hot, too.
2: Next thing you know, she's going to be preggos.
4: Uh, You know what? That's exactly right. We were just talking about that today. <laughs> she's, you know, the biological clock's going off, and she went off and got married, and I think this time next year, we'll have, like, some little bambino.
2: Uh, those are tough employees to have. Kind of, <laughs> got to give them time off for their families, and, you know, the the, not, the capitalist in me hates pregnant women. Why? because they cost money to businesses. <laughs>
4: They're so unproductive.
2: <laughs> exactly. Not, that's awful. I know, but it's uh, I don't have an internal editor, Ms. Ms. <laughs> so, I hear today, you and I are going to be talking about my favorite topic. Wikipedia. Yes. No, 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 porn.
4: <laughs> Wikipedia and porn combined. Well, here's the deal is that um Wikipedia has, I don't know, 30 million entries. And it's, a, and they're trying to be the online encyclopedia, right? Right. Uh, and it's really run by a whole slew of volunteers. They have 25 full-time employees. But if you search for certain words on Wikipedia and then look at the media aspect of it, the multimedia aspect of it, it's like, for example, if you search for, I don't know, sex, is that you actually see very uh, explicit photos of people having sex. Really? Yes i got to do this. Uh, if you search for uh, pedophilia, you actually see examples of, of it, of uh, kitty porn. Wow. And so here is Wikipedia and that is accessible in every home, right? Parents right. Sure. let their kids run on it. It's in the schools. And then you have big companies like the Ford Foundation and Microsoft and Best Buy, all giving Wikipedia money to run. But... It's just pure chaos over there. You've got this guy, Jimmy Wales, who's uh, in charge of it, one of the founders, and he says he's trying to delete the porn, Uh not very effectively. You know? um, and then you've got editors trying to make sure that vandalism doesn't happen on various pages. Uh, people look at Wikipedia as the truth and just about everything, but, but what's really concerning to me is that, and as a parent, is that, kids are running around on Wikipedia and if they they click the media button after they type in a search phrase uh, the stuff that you've been trying to hide from them <laughs> is, is all just right there
2: interesting so well, I saw Stephen Colbert a couple of years ago he wanted people to like embellish his Wikipedia page Right. and my Wikipedia page Rob Black Radio host it's kind of comical the people who have written into it have, you know, he's known for his uh, loose yet hard-hitting style, breadth of knowledge and all things financial. Large head <laughs> and ability to connect with the audience. Like the large head, obviously, someone's got a sense of humor. At one point in time on my Wikipedia page, it said that I was married to a Playboy model, but I quickly divorced her because she was
4: loco in the cocoa. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that disappeared. It was
2: really there.
4: Let's see. Tiger Woods is black and Rob Black has wood.
2: Yeah, and for, there's a quote that I use all the time. I'd like to punch Rob in his baby maker. <laughs> like, people are, like, bastardizing me. And I, oftentimes I'll say things like, uh, you know, the CEO of that company stole money. I'll punch him in his baby maker. Um, so it's it's funny because it's not quite exactly what I would want on my Wikipedia page, and there's some stuff that's been deleted. How did someone delete stuff from my page?
4: Well, you and just about anybody can go in and edit. Okay. Uh, edit any type of Wikipedia page. And if you go into the View History, that's where you can see where people have maybe um, done some vandalism to certain Hmm. entries, or maybe they've fixed um, some typos. And it looks like you had some vandalism. Yeah, here it is. Um, I can just see it right now. On December 18th, that was where... It said uh, you were married, but were you ever arrested?
2: No, I was never arrested.
4: For domestic abuse? No. Oh. And you're an ambassador for Maker's Mark Whiskey, which he drinks to make his voice better? That is true. Okay. (laughs) True, not true. True, not true. (laughs) See, and that's, but see, what we're just talking about now, this is just an example of, you know, I I just, it just dumbfounds me that people will, will trust Wikipedia for what's been written about, a person or a thing, and and then now with the additional problems that we have with the um, the Wikimedia aspect of it, of these lewd and just awful images that are just a few clicks away. So my, my big thing today is I just wanted to make people aware of it, and I know that school is out of session, and maybe you want to write your school administrators a, a little note, as I did, saying, you know, if the kids are going to have access to this, that it needs to be supervised and monitored. Um but really, That's there there so are better weird. encyclopedias.
2: That's so weird that you say that, because, you know, in my head, and I've got a broken head, I know that, but like the encyclopedia salesperson, he went out of business because of Wikipedia, and now you're saying maybe we should go back and, and have more legitimate.
4: Well, I think we need to have more legitimate means of, of information for people to reference. Okay. And that... You know, the free encyclopedia is really great, and I know Encyclopedia Britannica went by the wayside, and so did World Book Encyclopedia, but I think the people that are giving Wikipedia the money, they need to maybe, not maybe, they need to hold Wikipedia more accountable. Especially now with, you know, trying to delete these images and then not being able to find them all, and they're still there. I mean, I was just on this morning doing an interview in Baltimore, and, and sure enough, uh, just type in a certain phrase, and it's like, oh, okay, there we are. Okay, honey, don't make, don't look over mommy's shoulder, okay? It <laughs> sounds like one of those deals.
2: So where did it, where was it said that I had domestic problems?
4: Uh, the, uh, let's see, January 24th. Okay. It you said, said that, that you were married. Were you married? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: So... Isn't that funny that, like, that bothers me? And it tells you that's the flaw of... Uh...
4: In 2006, as a matter of fact.
2: Okay. So... Was that it? I didn't have... I was never arrested, but, yeah, that was the...
4: Okay. Was well, okay? and then I see, do see that you were married to a Playboy model. You divorced mm-hmm. her because she had mental problems. God.
2: So, basically, we should just blow up Wikipedia.
4: <laughs> Let's see what
2: else we have. Oh, all kinds of... Stuff. Oh, stop. 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 <laughs> if you give out my middle name, so help me, I'll come down there and slap
4: you... <laughs> Let's see what we got. It's it's just interesting. Just go into view history.
2: How about you? Let's let's change the topic to you. Oh, uh, it looks like you are a prostitute in college.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Kim, I think. Anytime, Rob.
2: Miss Commando can be heard Sundays from 1 to 3. She is a digital goddess, all things digital. Where I'm all things financial, she is all things digital. Sundays, 1 to 3, right here on 9, 10 a.m. Coming up, more Rob Black and your money. I'll get to an email or two, no doubt about it, as well as get into some of the headline news from the the market today and uh, what's movers, what are the shakers, and and what can we do about it. It's Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk.
1: Don't know what to do with your money? He does. Rob Black. 1-800-345-5639. On 910 AM, more stimulating talk.
2: 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I'm kind of open-minded. Today is a big day on Wall Street. At one point, we we're down 300 on the Dow. Now we're down 235. feels slightly better, but not much. Stocks are sinking. It's been a rough week. Last week was a, was a very up week. This week, not so much. So, again, it, it it plays out like that at times, and it kind of scares you and kind of spooks you, and you have to go with it. I don't look at day-to-day and say, that's a big thing. I think I I look at big picture and I saw the economic recovery of the United States tied towards a trillion-dollar stimulus plan. I think Europe and the euro getting weaker is a big story. I think the dollar getting stronger is a a soft but soft story. I think the employment numbers are the next big thing we really start to look out at. Interesting story today out of – and I'm going to post this at our our website, talk910.com, talk910.com. And uh, what I'm going to do there – Two or three times a week, I'm going to write a blog, some stories or some insights into business or into investing. I'll always try to make it short and sweet and to the point. So you don't have to, you know, it's not going to be this type of blog that blows you away with uh, prose of 40, 60, 80,000 words. It's not like that. It's tight. So today I'm putting up a story on the race between Poisoner and Whitman, and It's tightening. I could be wrong, but to me it feels like one of them is going to be our next governor. It just doesn't feel like Jerry Brown's got enough support to pull it off. I don't know. Again, I work in news media. I hear the stories. uh, I hear the people's wants and desires. It just doesn't feel like Jerry Brown's got enough. Uh, Again, we're a state that's only 30% Republican, so in theory I'm probably wrong, right? Uh, So support for former eBay chief Meg Whitman. It's fallen 23 percentage points in 2 months. She is getting clobbered. Not not overall, but at one point in time she was clobbering State Commissioner Steve Poisner. He went on the attack and now they're basically about even. Whitman now leads Poisner 38% to 29% amongst Republicans who said they're likely to vote in the June 8 primary right around the corner. Now, Whitman had 61% support in the same poll in March compared to 11% for Poisoner. So he's made up some ground. Since then, Poizner has started spending millions of dollars on television and radio advertising, much of it directed at Whitman. The ads have criticized her position on illegal immigration, her ties to Goldman Sachs, and her poor voting record. Now, both candidates have funneled millions into the race. Whitman, who is a billionaire, has donated $68 million to her own campaign. That's just nuts to me. Can you imagine wanting a job so bad that you're willing to spend $68 million to get it? poisoner is a multimillionaire tech entrepreneur. He's given about $24 million to his own campaign. So we're not really electing an official as much as they're buying the spend time, and the ad time to, to get their message to us. So to me, I feel like votes are bought and paid for with advertising. It's a little disillusioning. I remember when I was a little kid, I wanted to be president of the United States. I'd love to be governor of California, but it ain't going to happen. Don't want it. Only thing I'd want to do is be a mayor of a city. That's as far as I want to go politically, because I think you can actually help on a local level. I don't think you can help on a state or national level anymore. Anyway, um, voters, they're feeling frustrated. And voters want right now a candidate to demonstrate that they've got new ideas to revive the economy and not just to say that they do. The race between former Hewlett Packard Chief Executive Carly Fiorina and former Congressman Tom Campbell, virtually unchanged since March, Fiorina leads 25 to 23 as far as percent goes within the poll of error. A lot of voters are adhering to more conservative principles. What we've seen so far in the primaries and the elections this year is Republicans are moving further right and the Democrats are moving further right. So there's not really a liberal. Let's give away a lot of social program. Democrat anymore, they're moving more towards the middle, and Republicans are moving more towards. We got to start slashing, slashing some of these uh these funds, some of these uh pensions, and slashing some of these promises. So it's really interesting to see how politics ebbs and flows. Attorney Jerry Brown, Attorney General Jerry Brown, he doesn't not face a real serious challenge right now in his gubernatorial party. Um, Boxer's also unchallenged for her seat, so. Uh, Both lead their would-be challengers in the hypothetical November matchups. So it's interesting to note, Brown has a slim lead over Whitman. Right now, about 42% to 37%. And over Poisoner it's about 45 to 32%. So, again, it's pretty much so party lines. Uh, Whitman's maybe pulling in some of the more uh, loose Democrats. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see. So at one point in time, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger fared a lot worse with a 23% approval rating. Rating uh, the lowest ever registered for Schwarzenegger. So, man, California politics are just messed up. Obviously, Heidi has something to say here. Heidi Hartley, radio producer for Rob Black and Your Money. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire.
3: Thank you. Um, I just want to add, I think it's interesting. um, I think you're absolutely right. You can essentially buy yourself um California if you want to be the governor of California you can buy your you know buy your way into winning that just simply by having the most money and um you know money equals airtime and money equals attention um you know being in the media and you know that's exposure to people and the more they see you the more you're relevant in their minds and so the, that's that's just like you know short won. one um you know the more you're around um The more likely you are going to win, in my opinion. And we have seen nothing from Jerry Brown. Nothing. It's like.
2: And he does lead in the polls, but yet we don't feel like he's even out there.
3: No, not at all. He's not fighting the good fight in the media by any means.
2: Do you know who you're going to vote for?
3: Well, I, I don't, don't know that say. the you, listeners of k and want to hear, but I, I couldn't vote Republican. Like, I just I couldn't. So you're,
2: just, you're not going to vote for the best person. You're going to vote for a party.
3: Well, the fact of the matter is there is no best person. We all know. And, I you know, back to well, instance, me, your Chuck Reed, like California is ungovernable. I've not heard anybody tell me um, any good reasons that they can actually accomplish fixing California. I think it's impossible at this point. There's nobody I'm impressed with overall.
2: At one point in time, just to show you where my head is, Hillary Clinton, when she was running for president, uh, she said, I will make 401ks mandatory in America. And that was the one thing that if they did that, that would solve a lot of our social problems down the road. And I was like, I'm not a Republican or Democrat. That's the one issue I'll vote for. So Mm -hmm. you'll vote for a party, whereas I'll vote for one single issue.
3: If I heard something that impressed me by any of the candidates, maybe. And I do appreciate Meg's um, business savvy. Mm. Um, but there's, there's going to have to be a little bit more from her. For it to actually get me to vote for a Republican, I, I'm going to need to be way more impressed by her.
2: Mm, I can hear all of our radio dials clicking off right Oop. now. Yep. So our people meter down to zero. Thanks, Heidi, for ruining the show today. Appreciate that. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. One of the, the creepier things that have happened in the 21st century, video resumes. They've become wildly popular. I've recently started working with a headhunter because, I don't know, I want to see what I'm worth out there in the private sector again. But video resumes have become so popular that a manufacturer of high-end baby strollers have asked sales applicants to make one as part of a hiring process. So you now, this is just crazy to me. If you think video killed the rock star because suddenly we were able to see these people weren't very, Eddie Money, not a good-looking dude. Right now, job companies are saying you have to put yourself on video. What do you think that's going to do? What are you going to think? I mean, again, a video resume allows them to know what you think and they should know about what you think you should know about the person. So there's a a huge editorial thing where you can make a total mistake where, like, you can say, I'm going to do a video resume of me pumping iron. And, you know, anyone who looks at that is going to say, we don't want to hire this person. He's a meathead. Uh, You can do a video presentation where you're incredibly sexy and beautiful, and they go, we want to hire that person because I may want to sleep with that person. She may not be the best salesperson possible, but if I score with her, man, good for me. I I really don't like the idea of video resumes. It just, to me, it, it, it kind of creeps me out on the directions that it ultimately can go. Video resumes can work in part. But there's still a novelty to me, and, you know, higher-speed Internet access allows employers to more easily click on a link, and, you know, public has become much more comfortable with video, but I don't like the idea of them. I'm not quite sure why, and again, I I guess it's the whole vanity thing that I, I learned that good rock and roll died. Good rock, like heart. Good rock and roll. They died when we suddenly were able to see Madonna rolling around on the ground like a virgin. Good rock and roll died. We became a nation that were like we had to be visually stimulated. And I don't know if I like that in the world of video Resumes. Anyhow, it's the Rob Black Getting Your Money Show. I'm Rob Black. I'm kind of all over the place today, kind of a loosey-goosey kind of show. I need your calls. If you disagree with Heidi, call 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, we'll do a segment called I Disagree with Heidi. Or if you're out of the area, 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. Coming up, headline news.